Welcome everybody to another captivating conversation, a soulful session today. Our guest is um, Susan Martin Green, and she is joining us to share her light with us in the world. And that's actually what she would like to be. She'd like to be a source of healing in the world. And I think she does that each day with her um, healing modalities and you know, spreading her love out in, uh, in the community. She's a Reiki master, yoga instructor, also specializing in goat yoga, which we will um, most likely talk about a little bit later for those who are unfamiliar. Um, she's also a licensed master esthetician, and I've actually had one of her facials, which are quite delightful. Uh, she combines her knowledge of the chakras, meridian lines, and Ayurveda into all of her offerings, including facials, like I mentioned, Reiki treatments, and aroma touch massage. Susan is also available for energy clearing in your home, as well as tarot, oracle card readings, and she offers Reiki trainings and certifications at uh, various times throughout the year. Susan is a Virgo sun, Gemini moon, and Aries rising, and is known for saying everything happens for a reason. You can learn more about Susan on Facebook at Susan Green Living, and uh, she's working on her website, and as that comes into manifestation and fruition, I will update the show notes, but for now, check her out on Facebook. So welcome, Susan. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, so a little bit about Susan. It's, um, you know, with all of the guests that I've had on Soulful Sessions so far, they are people that I know personally that have had an impact on my life in one way or another. And it's funny how Susan and I connected in a way that was a little unique considering how now we're very much in the mindset of um, mindfulness and um, Ayurvedic living and yoga and meditation and energy and all of that esoteric woo-ness um, but we met at a uh, at a winery and <laughs> she was doing tastings and I came in and we just got to chatting and we hit it off and at the time she was finishing up esthetician school and she was looking for um, a place to land when she was done and I have a couple of girlfriends who either um, own spas or work at spas and I said you know I'll send you some information and and see what happens and how many of us go out in the world and we say we're going to do that? Oh, I know someone. Oh, yeah, you'd be great here. And you don't follow through. And for whatever reason, I felt very compelled to follow through and literally texted her information before I left that day. And we, we connected. Yeah, yeah. And we, we connected and just really hit it off and then realized there was a lot of synergy. And she was very supportive of me and um, helping me get into the yoga studio where she worked with my jewelry and um, subsequent workshops, um, one of which I have coming up uh, at the end of, of October. I'm not sure when this will actually air, so it may be after, after the fact. But um, at any rate, um, just we just really, really clicked, and it's been such a beautiful friendship that's blossomed over these past few years. So that's the story of how, how we met and how we uh, came together, and it's just been a, a really uh, synergistic and supportive relationship um, for both of us. I think we've helped each other through some tough times um, over the past couple of years uh, in such a, a big way. Um, that said, we're gonna, I'm going to start with the, the big soulful question that I, I open every show with. Tell us about a recent experience that lit you up when you just knew it was your soul talking to you. Well, I get a lot of signs here and there, and I'm just kind of like, okay, got it. Um, and 
you know, we are infinite souls having this human experience here in this lifetime. So for me, anytime that really it's my soul speaking, I know it's also the universe or whatever you would want to call it because we're all connected. We're all one. We're, we're all infinite beings. So, um, I have a huge uh, connection to dragonflies. Um, for those that are close to me know that I'm obsessed with dragonflies. Um, and they're definitely one of my spirit animals. And anytime I see a dragonfly in a random place where there's no water or just, it, it would be really, really random or weird for the dragonfly to be there. Um, I'm always kind of like, okay, that's a message, message delivered and received. Um, but uh, it's usually the random times are when I'm sitting in my car and the dragonfly like literally will come uh, straight to the windshield, basically like looking at me, like directly through the windshield and just like, and it's usually in a moment when I'm like thinking something, uh, doubting something or uh, just having a moment, you know, with myself, like just lost in thought. And it just happened. Uh, yesterday yesterday i believe it was um, monday and i was driving to go teach at the studio i was subbing a class and um a place i've never seen dragonflies before all of a sudden i'm driving and it's kind of getting cold here um so a lot of the bugs are kind of uh i don't know if they're dying or, or migrating <laughs> or whatever i know dragonflies have this huge migration happening like all over the country right now um but this dragonfly just i was thinking about something i was doubting myself i'm in a lot of change right now i'm just in this huge moment of change in my life and just trying to figure out my direction and i was sitting there thinking about like is this really possible can i really do this uh is it the right time and then there you go little mr dragonfly came right in front of like driving right in front of my car and was i was just like okay i got it okay stop doubting myself I trust my soul, I trust the universe, I trust the process. And so I just literally like burst out like with a happy laugh. Like that hasn't happened before. I was just like, okay, I got it, I got it. Message received. So it happens very frequently, but Monday was the most recent one. And I was just like, okay. So I'm sure that I felt very, yeah. <laughs> felt very comforting, you know, when you when you are in that in that space of doubt or um, confusion or you're not believing in yourself it's really nice to know that you've got the support and I think I think animals are huge you know animals and numbers um, we've talked about that on previous shows and I know Susan you and I have talked about that many 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 times um, that might be another episode that we dig in a little bit more more deeply into that <laughs> but um, yeah, so just as, a, as an aside for, um, for the listeners, we are going to be talking about very adult-oriented topics today. Um, language might be a little bit on the uh, more graphic side. And so if you have little ones around or that is not your cup of tea, this might not be the episode that you want to uh, tune into. Or if you do have little ones, throw on some earbuds or earphones or listen to it when you've got some time to yourself uh, because we're we're going to get very real here in the the spectrum of um, women and sexuality and empowerment and creativity we're going to be talking about the big o a bit and uh yeah so it's going to be it's going to be a, a doozy a doozy of a show today uh so just wanted to throw that out there this is definitely uh i'm you know 
Don't send me any messages. I'm giving you a heads up before we get going. This is how it's going to play out. So, okay. So, you know, Susan and I have had a few conversations about sexuality and women's sexuality and how um, there is such a, I don't want to say stigma because it's not a stigma per se, but there's such a perception around uh, women that it's it's really biased and and what i mean by that is i don't feel like i'm expressing myself super clearly but you know it's cool for guys to go out and flaunt their bodies and to have you know multiple and numerous sexual partners and that's okay when women go out and they show off their bodies and they um, have numerous sexual partners they're whores or sluts or they're easy um, something that's really come into, into my, um, field lately has been the objectification of women. And so here's, here's where I just want to draw, draw a little bit of a distinction. So I think that physical bodies, whether they're male or female are beautiful in and of themselves. And if you've got a feature of your body that really lights you up and makes you feel sexy and vibrant and alive and gorgeous, whether you're male or female, totally play that part of you up. Do it. Go for it. I don't care how old you are or what you got going on. Like if you feel great in that, like those tight jeans and like, uh, you know, and, and you're a guy in a nice shirt and you've got a couple buttons unbuttoned, rock it. If you're a woman and you have awesome legs, throw on that mini skirt, like go for it. You've got really awesome tatas and you want to like put the girls out, bam, here they are, do it. That said, when it comes to what I'm seeing on social media in particular, this is where I see it the most, is if you scroll through social media, you will see the majority of photos that girls, and I would say girls, and I'm talking teenagers to, to 20s mostly, they're all flaunting their bodies in a way that is more object-oriented than showing who they are. And they're putting this out there because that's what gets them attention. But think about who you're expressing this to. You're putting yourself out there in, in this way. And what type of person is going to be attracted to that? Is that the person that you actually want to have a relationship with, whether it's a friendship or an intimate relationship with? Um, I don't know. I think that's certainly, I think, food for thought when we're talking about women and we're talking about empowerment and we're talking about sexuality. Um, you know, there's that fine line between, you know, owning who you are and being comfortable in your own skin and putting yourself out there and, and, and then also like putting yourself out there, but not in a way that's authentic or genuine, or you're doing it for attention. You're doing it because you feel insecure or because there's some piece of you that needs validation. Um, I don't know what the particular answer is to that, but I, I would love to um, have a dialogue with some of these younger girls. I mean, I've noticed it a lot in the past um, year or so where there's, and I have, you know, I have a daughter that's in college and she, that she's very comfortable in her own skin and she does not feel the need to put herself out there in that way. She's one of the most authentic, um, genuine people that I know. Like I'm very envious of her ability to, to do that at her, at her age. It's really a gift. Um, 
But I guess so, you know, I'm in my 40s, Susan, I don't mind if I share you're in your 30s. So we're not the we're not that we're not that age group. <laughs> but when you look back at your 20-year-old self, you know, like what are your thoughts on I know I just went off, off on a bit of a of a tirade on that. Um maybe not a tirade, but a, a bit of a, a rant. Um but, what what are your thoughts on that when it comes to you know about how girls present themselves this day and age and how that um, affects you know kind of like this this movement of um, yeah. women's empowerment and equality and you know honoring the woman in a in more of a way a more authentic way a more whole way yeah. instead of just oh well she's got big boobs and a nice ass and that would I'd really love to get in bed with her like. What are your thoughts? Well, I definitely agree with what you're saying, though, because when I was in my 20s, I wish I had had some of that level of comfort in my skin. For me, it took getting into my 30s, especially even late 30s, to really find my true authentic self and be 100% comfortable in my skin, you know, imperfections and all. Um, so... I do think that's one good thing about the younger generation is the confidence and the authenticity is, uh, it's, it's become more apparent for, um, for younger girls. And I think that's really awesome. But at the same time, I think social media has played a huge role in more of a negative, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the word, um, it just it, it can also bring about like everyone is just trying to find their self-worth with how many likes they get or you know how many times they get hit on or if the you know internet and the whole world thinks that they're attractive you know so it's kind of like almost like a catch-22 like there is a lot more confidence there and a lot more people that are you know open to posting videos of themselves like all the time and no you know and no matter what shape they are, makeup or not, you know, and uh, so I see that side of it, but then I also see the darker side where it's, it's breeding this energy of finding yourself worth outside of yourself. Yeah. And that scares me a little bit because um, I just know the journey that I've been on and I know a lot of my friends the same, it, you know, we grew up before the social media and, um, before being able to be con that connected um, all the time. And um, <clears throat> it's just a different era. It, may it, it makes it so much easier now, but it also can just make it so much more challenging. So it's the yin and the yang, which is in everything. But um, it is scary because you see these young girls, especially teenagers that are posting things that maybe they shouldn't be posting because it's drawing the attention that they might not really understand. They think it's positive attention, but it really could be. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of crazy people out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there really well, are a lot of people. And it's just, you never really know. You don't. I mean, especially with social media, you don't really know who's on the other side of that, you know, Instagram handle. Um, the other part of it, too, I think, is, um, you know, when you're putting, you're putting these things out there, and in this day and age where um, sexual harassment and um, sexual assault are such a huge um, yeah. topic of conversation with the Me Too movement, you know, mm -hmm. I think 
you know, on the, on the flip side of that, like I think guys do have a little bit of, of um, they're at a little bit of a disadvantage because girls are throwing themselves out there and putting themselves out there in this way. They have a perception of them that, that really isn't who they are. They yeah. make assumptions. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I believe me, I'm not against the Me Too movement. I think it's fantastic. I just think sometimes even in all of the wonderful things that women are doing and they're coming together, sometimes it gets to a point where it's a little bit more of like man hating. And I don't really even like the word, that word. Um, And it's, you know, it's like, to me, it's a balance, you know, right now it's, um, you know, it's Libra season. Again, I don't know when this will air, but it's Libra season at the time of the recording and it's about balance and it's about harmony and um, you know, with, with men and women, both. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. What did you say that one more time? Because Venus rules Libra, so it's it's supposed to be lighthearted, you know, loving energy happening. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's a great point. That is a great point. So, um, and actually, it's a, a fantastic uh, way for us to slightly shift gears to um, self love. So we were talking about, you know, young girls, and I think even at at a, at a young age, self love is so important. Probably more important than to understand and set the foundation for you going forward. I know like for myself, it wasn't even on my radar until a few years ago. And um, now it's so important. And when I forget to take care of myself and I realize it after I'm pretty deep into whatever I'm into, it's like, oh, wow, okay, I forgot about me. So, you know, it's like that saying that we hear over and over again about put on an airplane, you know, put your face mask on before you take care of others. It's the same thing. It's really just about taking care. So self, self, self care and self love to me are not the same. I know there's, and and this is my opinion and you can agree or disagree either way. Uh, It's cool. But for me, self care is an act of self love. So you are take you are doing something and it doesn't have to be big because you love yourself. So self-love is like the overarching theme and self-care is the action you take to show that love to yourself. So self-care could be a massage or a mani-pedi, which a lot of people equate with self-care. These are things that you most people don't normally do all the time. Um, or if they do it, it's like they consider it like something special or a treat. Those are great, but it could be as simple as taking your lunch outside and sitting on a park bench and just having a few minutes of just like observing the trees and listening to the birds and feeling the sun on your face and the wind in your hair and taking a bite of your sandwich or salad or whatever you're eating and really savoring every moment. That's also self-care. Self-care could be, you know, having your, your cup of tea or coffee in the morning and like sitting in your favorite chair, looking out the window instead of grabbing your to-go cup and running out the door. So uh, I don't, I think a lot of us feel like self-care has to be some huge grandiose thing that may or may not cost money. I believe it doesn't have to be. It's, it's those simple, small gestures where we just take a little bit more care a little bit more time to feel into what do I need right now? What is going to make me feel good in this moment? So I'd be curious, Susan, what, what do you, what is your definition of self-care and what? I agree with exactly how you differentiated both of them, because I think 
you know, self-care is part of self-love. Um, but it can even be simply saying no. Like there's Ooh. so much power in the word no. Like I've always been a people pleaser and I've always just said yes, even when I knew I, knew I couldn't or even if it didn't feel right. And I was just overexerting myself all the time for other people, which is also partly my journey of finding my self-worth outside of myself. So a big thing for me was learning the power of no and being able to say no to things. And that was part of my self-care, being able to say, no, I can't do that. Um, and then that's part of the self-love because the self-love is being okay with saying no, loving myself enough to be like, it was okay to say, no, I'm not going to sit there and beat myself up or feel guilty or worry that I messed up that relationship or that opportunity or whatever, because it's like, really, we're all just doing the best that we can. And, um, life is a roller coaster and there's sometimes our energy wings and wanes or, you know, there's something emotional we're going through that we might not want to share with everyone. So that's a time where we are allowed to say no and take that time to, you know, focus on ourselves, turn inward. There's plenty of times where I just needed to say no and just sit with myself, you know, and just have that time and be okay with not doing the laundry, you know, not answering those emails, not teaching that my class that day. And, you know, and I think that's a really important thing that especially as women and especially as mothers that, that that's really hard to say no, because it's, we're just trained as women to always say yes, yeah. always say, yes. we just got to do it. So to me, that's a really powerful thing, but I totally agree with what you're saying about the difference between self-care and self-love. Well, and I love, I love what you just said about saying no. I think that that is exactly right. Like so many of us, um, and this, I think, it's also for men, but I think mostly women have this particular uh, tendency to want to make it easy for everyone. Like, oh, well, okay, I, I really wanted to do something else, but I, I can do it. You know, it, yeah. just, it feels so uncomfortable to not be able to give when someone asks something of you or they need something from you. Um, so speaking of that, speaking of like, of needing or asking. So when it comes to, um, you know, asking for help or needing assistance or looking to um, up your create your creative flow and getting your life moving in a specific direction, um, you know, I read a um, I read uh, an article of I don't know maybe two years ago now about um, orgasm as a means of creativity for women. That the more we as women orgasm, the more creative and productive we are. That it's kind of our, our superpower, if you will, that's very much untapped. Um, and I was told by someone, and I, and I meant to research this to see if this is true, so I'm gonna say, I heard this, I do not have any evidence to back this up. Um, if I find the evidence, by the time I, I put this um, put this out there, I will put it in the show notes. But um, I was told recently by someone actually that I, I trust and um, who was a very brilliant, well-educated woman um, who shared a story with me about how there was a shift um, many, many, many years ago. And what happened was is women back in the day, 
would work together. You know, it was kind of the, the tribe mentality, the village mentality, where all the women would come together and they would raise the kids together. They would support one another. They were the healers. They were, um, they were the ones who nurtured and comforted and cared for. Um, they were you know, the ones who got things done. I mean, the men were the, were the, the, the strength as far as like going out there and, and getting the meals and you know, getting the, the meat for meals and, and taking care of that sort of thing and protecting. But the women were the ones who were really doing a lot of the quote unquote heavy lifting, if you will. And at some point along the way, um, a group of men came together and decided that the women were way too powerful together and looked to kind of break down that structure and take that down. They also realized, I think at the time that, you know, women's sexuality, I mean, and kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the show, there's power in that. I mean, these girls who are putting themselves out there in a very sexually provocative way are getting a lot of attention. Um, a lot of the social media um, influencers out there, if you look at their, their pages, depending on what they're selling, of course, most of them are, you know, very much exposed to the world and they're, they're getting a lot of viewership. They're getting a lot of engagement. They're getting a lot of likes and, and um, not that that's what it's all about, but that's, I guess, external validation that what they're doing is, is what people want and that's what is okay. If you kind of rewind and you go back, that sort of uh, mentality then was very much frowned upon because they did, men at the time did not want women to be looked at in that way because they had power with their bodies, with the way they could look at a man, the way they carry themselves. There's like a softness and a gentleness, yet there's also um, a strength and a power that is very... Um, subtle yet you can feel it where men it's very much like right there um <laughs> right so you know over the years this has kind of morphed into what we have today where women are beginning to rise up women are beginning to come together women are beginning to understand themselves better they're beginning to honor themselves more and part of that is really tapping into pleasure I think that one of the, the cornerstones of, you know, of a, of a, you know, what maybe one would consider a happy life, a fulfilling life, a full life is pleasure. You know, we all want that. We all want to have some pleasure in our lives and self-pleasure is also a form of pleasure. Self-pleasure in, you know, to, to bring, bring it full circle with, you know, what I started talking about, which is the orgasm piece of it. That's a huge part of it. Bringing an orgasm into, into your self-pleasure and into your creative process. And so I'll share one super quick story. And then I want, I, I want to hear from you, Susan. So I did a little bit of an experiment and I actually shared this, this with Susan, which was somewhat what got us on the, um, the idea of doing this particular podcast was I um, read this article that basically stated that the more a woman orgasms, the more creative and productive she is. And I thought at the time, is that really true? I, I don't know. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do an experiment. And at the time I was not um, in a situation where I had um, a, a, a partner that I could do this with. So it was just 
me, myself, and I. And I would start each day with a, you know, a, a self-pleasure exercise, if you will. And <laughs> I completely and scientifically just kept track of how productive I was, how creative I was that day. And also paid attention to the days when I did not self-pleasure, how that day played out. And it was really interesting. And again, this is completely unscientific, but if I had to put a figure on it, I would say I was on average 30% more creative and productive on the days when I took that time for myself, when I tapped into that part of me. And, you know, if it was more, if it was more than one orgasm a day, there was a correlation between that and how much I got done. Not significant, but certainly like, things were like firing a little bit more and things just seemed to be like a little more like, all right, yeah, there was a lot more rah-rah. Now on the flip side of that, I do want to mention that for men, it's unfortunately the opposite. How is it? Yeah. For them, their best bet is to, is to be aroused, but take that power that they would otherwise release in, yes, in <laughs> orgasm and climax and hold that in to get shit done, you know, yeah. to make things happen. So, I mean, that is one drawback. That is one where the girls do have a little bit of an edge there. You yeah. know, we can, we can, we can have that one little thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, we were talking about that, like how it's, you know, I think women have been, been, been made to feel kind of badly about oh. Oh, you know, yeah. being interested in sex or self-pleasuring. And I mean, and I will be completely honest here. Like it was not in my household growing up with a very devout, devoutly yeah. Catholic upbringing that was not talked about. That was not considered okay. It never really occurred to me to do anything. Um, and uh, it just sort of, as I got older and I was in a committed relationship, it, was a topic of conversation. Um, some purchases were made and then that opened a whole new door. And <laughs> so, and I mean, I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I'm it's, door, cause that's all the evils of the world. We're not releasing the evils. We're releasing the good. <laughs> the good. Yes. yes, it is. It is a release of good. So, um, I, I'm very curious. Talk to me about oh. your, your perception and your, um, experience with no. self-pleasure oh, yeah. as, yeah. Uh, but I totally, the thing is, like, it's totally with men. It's like, they always call it their zing. And if they keep that in, like they, like you said, get aroused and you get it going, get their juices flowing, but then they have all that energy and they're holding it and, and they're using it. That is your right. Like that's how they get their creativity. But as soon as their uh, job or um, that opportunity or whatever they are trying to accomplish, um, with that pent up energy is done, they must release it because then otherwise it'll turn stagnant and it can also uh, affect the rest of the body, which people don't think of. And you and I are both very into the energetic body and it's not really looked at in science. Um, a lot of people just think it's like wooey, you know, and like, uh, but the energetic body is huge. Whether you are talking about in traditional Chinese medicine, the meridian lines, whether you're talking about you know, the chakra system, our energy centers along the body, whether you're talking about the nadis um, in yoga, um, there's so many things. And it's basically the same thing, whether you're talking about the koshas, which are energy levels, which would be considered what 
you would consider like aura, you know, the aura around you. So our, our energy, because we are these infinite souls having this human experience, our energy almost is equally as important, if not maybe even more than our physical body. Yes, we have to nourish this physical body. It is our temple. It, it is our, our vessel for this life but the, our energetic body is just as equal. And, and it's all about, without, I don't know how to really, but it's like the juice of life. We call it rasa in yoga. And it's like, basically as we're aging, we're drying up. You know, we're, we're, we're losing this juice of life. We're losing this rasa energy. We're losing our prana is what we call it in yoga. Um, uh, in traditional Chinese medicine, it's chi. In Reiki or Japan, it's ki. You know, so all this energy just starts dwindling if we don't feed it and we don't tap into that. And that's basically where all that sexual energy, I, I believe, uh, really uh, comes in handy. And you know, it's just, it's just always been viewed uh, that women, you know. Back in the day, I know we've talked about this, the funny, the funny little story, and I have looked it up because I was like, whoa. Um, I don't have all the specifics, but it was, you know, 100, 200 years ago, you know, women were not thought to have orgasms. It was actually called something else, something with like a P, something. And basically women were just there to, to procreate. That's what sex was. It was all about procreation and to please the man. That was our role make babies and please the man. So it finally, you know, it came to pass that if you ever, you know, heard of the saying about hysteria or hysterical woman, it all comes from the basis that these women were having all of these issues, cloudiness, uh, frustration, anger, sadness, moment of, you know, hysteria, and they're going to the doctors and basically the doctors, uh, were basically manually stimulating them until they had an orgasm, but they couldn't call it an orgasm because that's not, women didn't have orgasms. You know, that was, that was the big thing. We, we didn't have that. Our bodies weren't capable of that. But as soon as these women have this, had this release, everything would be fine. They were just like, it was like back to normal. And that's how they cured hysteria. Um, and you know, women would come in <laughs> sometimes weekly to see their doctor to basically get this release. And, and it, you know, so then the doctors ended up getting carpal tunnel in their hand, you know, from doing all of this. So that's actually how the vibrator was created. If for those of you, you know, you can look it up. <laughs> so, um, that was basically so that could save the doctor's arms from this. So it wasn't until later that you finally realize that women have orgasms too. And it's, it's a beautiful, powerful thing. And it's helping us to keep everything flowing. Like we, we can't create life by ourselves, but we are the vessel for creating life. You know, we are uh, the womb that, you know, the sacred mother. And um, it's also about keeping everything flowing, you know, our juice of life. And for us, you know, having that energy keep flowing is really important. Like our, our sacred, we have this sacred bowl in our womb area at our sacral chakra and it's, it's, it's very potent energy. And as long as we're keeping everything flowing there, it, it, it keeps us youthful. It keeps us sane. You know, I like to <laughs> use that word. It's, um, it's just really important. And I'm not trying to stereotype people because I, I think that 
there are levels of sexuality in men and women, you know. There can be hypersexual individuals and there can be people with really low sex drives and that could be for biological reasons or uh, trauma or there's so many other reasons why that could happen. But um, usually you see men as these hypersexual beings and women are viewed to be low sexual, you know, or have a, you know, not as much desire to have those sexual experiences with themselves or with others. And those that, like you touched on earlier, those that do, uh, do have uh, a sexual appetite, you know, more than maybe the next woman, they're viewed as being whores or, or sluts or shamed because um, they enjoy it. Or they're just, you know, having a good time, <laughs> you know? So for me, it's, it's, it's a hard discussion because just like you, I, I grew up in, um, you know, with a single mom and I grew up with all women, you know, my aunts and my grandmother, and it was always just kind of like taboo. And for me, I am the, the odd one in the family. Everyone, you know, is the typical, you know, female, dis I hate to use that word typical, but um, I always just was kind of like the black sheep. I, you know, and I was the wild child a little bit. So um, it, it makes it hard to go through as a teenager when your body starts changing and then you're still just learning to be comfortable in your own skin and then trying to understand what's happening to your body um, and then have that extra like weight added on it. Like, oh no, I'm not supposed to think like this. or Oh no, I'm not supposed to feel that. Or, oh no, I'm not supposed to have this type of pleasure just because so-and-so thinks that's dirty or that's wrong or um, that's not what good girls do um, you know so it's it is it is very heavy but um, and I you know I know a lot of people that still they're just you know they're just not tapped into that energy and I totally understand that and some people it's just not their thing but and then you also hear the thing about like women saying like, I just can't have an orgasm. Like that's just like, not all women can have orgasms. Like I just, I just can't, I just can't do it. It's just, it just, I'm just not made for that. What every woman really can have an orgasm. It's just finding how, finding the way. And a lot of it is relaxing. A lot of it is being comfortable in your own skin. Um, understanding your body is huge. And like we were talking about, the path to that almost starts with those that self-pleasure. The self-pleasure is key because if you can understand your body, then when you have your partner, then you understand that even better. So it, it's just, I just think it's a beautiful thing. I have friends that aren't about it either, but um, you know, for me, <laughs> for me personally, I'm the best version of myself if I, if I meditate daily, and I have an orgasm daily. It's just, that's just, uh, it keeps me in the right mindset. It keeps my body feeling grounded, uh, my energy flowing. And if I can throw a yoga practice in there, then even better. Um, but I just think there's so much power in, in that part of the pleasure in our lives that is missing, uh, the missing piece for some, for some women, just because of like we were saying, we don't like to use the word stigma, but, but that, you know, that sort of energy and that mindset around it. Yeah. And it is. And I think that's where it gets, that's where, 
you know, I didn't really intend for us to talk about this, but I think that's where it gets tricky. It gets tricky when you start talking about self-pleasure and then having a partner in, in, um, you know, in the, in the sexual act, whether it's like an intimate partner that you are, um, really close with that you're in relationship with, or if it's somebody that you're just looking for a connection for physical pleasure, whatever that may be. Um, I think where the breakdown comes is if one person thinks, oh, we're in this for a relationship and the other person's like, oh no, this is just a physical pleasure encounter. That's where you run into issues. And I think that's also kind of goes back to this presentation of yourself on social media. Thank you for joining me, Amalia Natalio, and Susan Martin-Green of Susan Green Living for this episode of Soulful Sessions, a captivating conversation talking about pleasure, dating, and divorce. Part two is coming up very soon. Stay tuned.